You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Proof of Desire by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Whomever, why are you trying to be like somebody else? I mean, you can learn, you can adapt certain things from other people and, 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 and let them mentor you to some degree, and you can learn certain principles, but you cannot mimic people and expect God to bless you and anoint you. He, he anoints you, not who you're trying to be. He can't anoint who you're trying to be. He wants to anoint you. He wants to use you. Who are you? That's so good. Because, you know, there's no room for two of the same people. If, if there's, let's say, someone said this, if any two people think exactly like one of you is unnecessary. Right, right. So if God called, you know, like we, we have people that we esteem very highly, but God called them to do a particular thing in their particular way. If we try to be exactly like them, then we, we really not seen. Because God called them to do that, and so therefore there's no really need for you for impact because they are impacting the, what God called them to do the way he, they are doing it. So when you are exactly like somebody else, there's no room for you and no reason for you. There's no reason for you. You know, one thing that God told me, you know, I, one time, you know regarding my church back, I'm, I, I call myself, I'm a, I'm a religious denominational mutt. Okay, start off as a Baptist boy, and, and, and I always have to explain this here because it's different down south. Okay, but I came from a, a, a high, a high social club kind of Baptist church. Okay, that gave cocktail sips and and the annual dance and got drunk and all that. That's the kind of Baptist church I came from. Never made an altar call. Okay. They opened the doors of the church, which simply was to just come join the church. Never heard anything about being saved. So, that, okay. So, Baptist boy in that kind of church. I went to Catholic school. Then I went to my uncle's Pentecostal church, where I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, then I went to a Lutheran college. Um, then I, then after college, went to Maine. And I, for, for a, a year, I was fellowshipping with the Amy Zion Methodist Church. Then I was in the Church of God in Christ, the largest African-American Pentecostal denomination in the world. And then I'm part of non-denominational church. You see why we, not, we ain't even really non-denominational. We're interdenominational. We're some of everybody. Okay? And one time, and so sometimes, and, and to this day, we, we still talk about this. Sometimes we feel like we don't really fit into a, you can't put us in a mold. You hear me talk about mold, word of faith, but y'all know I don't really fit in word of faith. Hear me talking about being Pentecostal, but y'all know to a lot of Pentecostals, I ain't Pentecostal enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, so, and, and, and uh, you know, and so, but, but one of the things the Lord showed me, he said that he would use me in everything I am, all my experiences, to give me a unique ministry. Right. That's going to re- reach a unique type of people. Mm-hmm. Are you following me? So there, there, there are various aspects of me and my personality and my background that connects with various ones of you, okay? You know, Elder Pooza here, we, we, got the, we, we, got, we got some of the same spiritual lineage on the side through Bishop Bailey. Bishop, his father and Bishop Bailey's, uh, they both got saved under the same man. 
Apostle Arturo Skinner. Okay. Um, there, there's, there's other people who were here because they hear me, they, they hear talk, us talk about, uh, identify with the Catholic. Okay. And, and able to catch certain things from there. My point is, whatever you are and whatever you've been through, stop trying to deny that. God will take all of that to uniquely use you and work it in for you to reach the people he wants to reach in a way that nobody else can reach him. Amen. And one of the things that was so freeing for me as a founding pastor was that I didn't have to preach like anybody else. When I was in one of those particular denominations that I mentioned. Okay. You know, pretty much everybody going to preach the same. Okay, you're going to give your, you start off with your, with your manuscript. You're going to give your background and show you did a little research about Jerusalem. Okay, Jerusalem was right outside of Bethany. And the reason why he said I must needs go through because at that time. That, and so anybody see you did a little study. Okay, give a couple definitions. Okay, and then you get your rhythm going. And then you fold your notes and you get ready to close. And then, then everybody wake up. Because everybody knew this was just preliminary and you ain't really saying you're just trying to. And, and, and now then the organist, then they walk back up to the organ. But now we can have church. That's come. I, I, mean, I don't have time for that. And so it, it became so freeing for me that I don't have to perform. Mm. Right. That I don't have to perform, try to be like nobody else. OK, you know, I, I, some, sometimes I, I bring preachers here. And you know when 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 preachers come here when in the, in the study I give them the honorarium before they ever come out. Some of them are shocked they, because because these other churches they give you your honorarium based upon how well you preached. Well, we didn't shout tonight. I was going to give you a thousand, but that's about a five hundred right there. <laughs> I thought we were going to shout. Okay. And you start getting rewarded based upon your performance. And so it was so freeing for me to get, let's, let God just do what he want, just however you want. I, I might, I might tune up, I might preach, I might teach. And there, there, there have been times, y'all, I'd have prepared this message. I said, oh, yes, sir. Oh, we're going to have church today. It's going to be a running Sunday. <laughs> and I get up to teach and I said, no, we ain't doing that today. Just you need to flat-footed teach right here and stay right there. There ain't gonna be no running today. Then another time, like a couple of weeks ago, I plan on and and all we do is run. That's all we do. Okay. My point is, you have to just allow God to use you the way He wants to use you, without you trying to conform to everybody else's image. So pride makes you compare yourselves. You don't have to be as good as anyone else. Just maximize your potential. And so in Matthew 25, we see the story about the talents, right? Jesus tells the story that a man goes away who's a businessman. And he, he delegates his servants with five, two, and one talent. Talent is not tap dancing and singing and, and dancing. The talent literally means money. Gave one, five coins, whatever that represented. One, two, and one, one. The five, he comes back and he's made five more. The two, he comes back and the two produced two more. And the one took his and buried it. And he rebuked the one. He didn't rebuke the one because he didn't produce two. 
He didn't rebuke the one because he didn't produce five. He, 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 he rebuked the one because he didn't produce one. Because he gave them the talents. The scripture says based upon their several ability. He knew what their potential was. God doesn't expect you to do, my God, what he has not given you potential to do. All he wants to do is maximize you. He don't want you to be me. He don't want you to be Pastor Marshall. He, he wants you to maximize what he placed in you. He, he, didn't, he didn't rebuke the two and said, you old trifling thing. I gave you two. Why didn't you produce five? Because he didn't have the ability to produce five. He had the, he had the ability to produce two. And he was rewarded for his ability. God's going to reward you for maximizing your ability. You know, see, see think about the thing that I say uh, about um, earning money is that I think you should earn what you're capable of earning. Now, some people want, I've, Lord, show me this, because I, I was dealing with some things in church regarding some people, and uh, the Lord said to me, some people, they want to earn enough to be respectable. Not, not necessarily maximize their potential. They could earn more. They could be a greater conduit for more. But they just want to say, do enough to be respectable. And who's that in? That's the, that's in the eyes of the people. But did God put more in you? Is God commanding more from you? I know you're the greatest thing that came out of your town, but is that enough for God? Because it's easy to be a, a big fish in a small pond. But is, is, that, is that the extent of your potential? <laughs> I'm thinking about when I was running track um, in college and um, I wanted to um, participate in a particular event, but my coach was like, you're really not putting enough effort forth in practice and doing what I'm telling you to do to really um, do well in that event. I said, well, I can do the event. He said, but you need to do well in that event. And unless you're willing to like put yourself in a, pos- a posture, in a position to really give it everything you have, you would never... I will never put you in that event. He said, you come to, you know, you do what you need to do here, but, and you come to the actual meet, and you fully dress, and you love, to be, you love to be, you know, wearing this uniform. You want to wear that uniform, but you're not willing to really do everything to truly own that uniform. He said, until you do whatever I tell you to do in practice and give it everything you have, you never qualify for that event. So when you're talking about, I basically, I, I, I wanted to ride off a talent. Mm. You know, I was talented and naturally gifted in the sport. And so, but when it gets to a point when I wanted to go to the next level, but I wasn't willing to put forth what I should put forth on a consistent basis to really, truly, if you understand what I'm saying, occupy or qualify for the next level. I could be in the next level, but I wasn't really, I was almost like an imposter at the next level. Because I wasn't doing what I needed to do to really own that next level. And Cope was really trying to get me to understand that you, is you okay with showing up and being on that relay, t- relay team or showing up and qualifying for this meet, but you're not really um, ready to give it everything you have that might put you in a place 
of not, they used to call me Hollywood because I look good running. But sometimes you, you can't still look good. Uh, but but sometimes if you want to win, you can't look good running. Trying to be too cute. Trying to be too cute. But you couldn't tell me that at the time because I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. Just give me the opportunity to, to do it. And he says, and I didn't understand it to, I mean, like long after I stopped running track, I was like, I didn't understand it, that there was something that a coach could see that I didn't, I didn't realize he could see. And, but what he was looking for, I wasn't willing to produce to qualify me to be in that, to, to participate in that event. I really felt that I could uh, participate. And you just recently asked me when you was watching something. You said, well, didn't you do that? I was like, no, I wanted to do that. But he would never allow me to do that event because I did not demonstrate or go through the process to qualify for me to be even coached for that event. You know, Paul talks about he that striving for the mastery. Are you just trying to do it or are you striving for the mastery? And, and what I'm saying, sometimes... My coach didn't want to waste my, his time on me in that area. And I think sometimes the, the spirit of the Lord said, I'm not going to even waste my time to down, to, for you to download certain things if you're just going to waste it in average. First mm. Corinthians 9, 19, Paul says, for though I be free from all men, that, that, that's part I, I want to get right there. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. He's talking about, but, but that's what stands out to me. He said, I'm free from all men. If you're going to pursue what God tells you to pursue, you got to be free from people. That verse of the message translation says, listen, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. He said, I, I got to be free to minister to whoever God needs me to minister to without people saying and talking about. You know, well, he over there with them now. He's over, he said, I do what I got to do to win people. Do you remember when you got free? I, I guess in what area? Um, in ministry, doing what you do. In church. Yeah. But I, this is this, this going to sound really strange to y'all. But it's probably only about, about eight years ago. And I know why. Okay? Because at the time I was connected to somebody who felt you always, everybody needs to be like him. And act like him and say everything like him. And uh, there, was even, there was even a setting one time where uh, something was said about, about a soyo on television and you sound like so-and-so, didn't sound like me. And I looked around the room and I said, there's only two of us up here and three of us on television. Okay? And I knew the others sound exactly like wow. And so it, I had to get to the place of saying, I can learn, I can glean, I can learn principles, but I gotta be me. I've got to be me. What else can I be but what I am? Y'all don't know that song. Yeah, I just, 
I did it my way. I'm sorry, my Frank Sinatra came on me there. Yeah, but I had to, I had to, I really had to get free. Not for God to use, I had to get free. I'm not trying to sound like Bishop Jakes, not trying to sound like Preferal Dollar, not trying to sound like Bishop Bailey and do it. I got, I, I learned principles from them. I got to be me. And certain things, when you're around someone, when you glean from someone and when they've been in, in part, there's certain things that's automatically you're going to inherit from them. Right. It's right. like, it's right. like if, if you ever really, if you get around the Bailey, particularly the, the older Bailey's, my uncle's. And then when they were all to get together, they would, and I realized I haven't done it in years like that, but I would do when I was around them. They would all get together, and everybody started laughing like this. <laughs> and I saw snow, when all, all, why they all laugh like that? Because that's how they heard people laughing. So you start laughing. Certain things you around fam, you're gonna. But now, if you now all of a sudden you just putting that on, that's acting. So you got to get free, and then you have to be free enough to stop comparing yourself if you're going to pursue what God has for you. So, you know, one of the top stories in the news today. I got in here. One of the top stories in the news today was that the whistleblower from Facebook. Okay, going before Congress, telling them all Facebook secrets and that they, you know, that, that they know that some of the stuff that they're putting out is damaging people's psyche and making people depressed. And, but they want to make profits and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, y'all know I'm, tr- I'm trying to be compassionate here. And then they showed, they showed like a 16-year-old girl saying, you know, every time, I look at, every time I look at Instagram, I get depressed. Now, okay, I'm going to give it to you as a 16-year-old. But how are you going to blame your 45-year-old depression on an Instagram post that you don't have to look at? Okay, we can keep talking about social media, but at some point, you got to stop saying, I, really, I told y'all, there were, there were people, there were people, I used, to, I used to see some of these preachers who used to just get on my nerves. Okay, because I knew certain things and, they, you know, and they would look being celebrated. And, like, I don't have to watch them. I don't have to know what kind of car they got and what event they was at last night. It, it's not going to, it doesn't add one cubit to my stature, as Jesus said. Okay, I don't need to know that. So I unfollowed. When I unfollow, when I think about them now, I can't remember the last time I saw them. Because when our lives don't intersect like that, so I don't have to look at them. And social media keeps you comparing yourself to people who you don't need to compare yourself to. Second Corinthians 10, verse 12 and 13. Paul says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number. He said, we ain't like those other folks. Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. Look at this. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He said, now that's dumb. Verse 13, but we will not boast of things without our measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. New Living Translation of the verse says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. 
but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. I got to end talking about what our standard of measurement should be. They compare themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement. How ignorant. We will not boast about things done outside of our area of authority. We will boast only about what has happened within the boundaries of the work God has given us, which includes our working with you. Paul said, I don't have to put anybody else's ministry down. I don't have to be as great as anybody else. All I know is that God has used me to bless you. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not comparing myself to other people. He said, I know they compare themselves among themselves. He said, but that's not wise. He said they compare themselves using each other as the standard of success. Other people should not be your standard of ultimate success. Your standard for success should be Jesus. Okay, so our image and our ultimate example is supposed to be Jesus. So Paul says in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Verse 13, he says, God, verse 12, he says, God's given apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teacher for the work of the ministry, for, for the perfecting of the saints. And then he says in Ephesians 4, 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God until a perfect man, here we go, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Stop letting other people be your, your, your measuring of stature. Be everything Jesus wants you to be. Let Jesus be our image. Now watch it. If all of us will let Jesus be our image, we realize we still got a ways to go. None of us will be full of pride. None of us will be comparing ourselves to each other because we all got a ways to go to be just like Jesus. He says, so we need to come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. That verse from the New Living Translation says, this will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Who's our standard? Christ. Stop looking at all these other people who don't matter, who should not be your standard anyway. And that's also why people get off. Well, I was, I, was, I was serving Jesus, but I saw they backslid. And Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. If I stop following Christ, I got to go. Got to get off this bus. So let's end with this. Ephesians 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews, sorry. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, seeing that we have this great cloud of witnesses, that great cloud of witnesses, all the people that are mentioned in Hebrews 11. Starting with Abraham and Moses and, 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 and the Hebrew boys and all that. He said all, all that they accomplished by serving God and living by faith and trusting God. And then so he continues with what we now refer to as Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, therefore, seeing we are accomplished or sur- surrounded with this so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. There's weights and there's sins which does so easily beset us or trip us up and let us what? Run with patience, what? The race that is set before us. He says, run the race that God has given you. And in order to stay focused on your race, you got to, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, who is the author, the one who started this, and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, he said, let him be your example, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. He wasn't too prideful. 
to think, think about what other people are saying. He despised the shame. And now as a result of that, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Pastor Marshall, I was saying, used to always say to all our children, okay, you know, sometimes they'd see them get frustrated or whatever, whether it was a basketball or volleyball, she would be yelling out in the stand. Well, what did you yell out? Play your game. Play your game. Play your game. That's what she used to say. Play your game. That's what God telling you. Play your game. Don't let other people get you off your game. Play your game. Run your race. Stop comparing yourself to other people. You don't have to do it just like everybody else. You don't have to look like everybody else. You don't have to sound like everybody else. You don't have to drive what everybody else drive. My, my, my son, uh, Daniel, not Daniel, Tyler, Tyler talked, he said, we were at an event a couple weeks ago, and he was, he was talking about me, and he said, he said, my dad doesn't have a lot of pride. He said, he even drives a Beetle. Okay. And I don't drive a Beetle. Beetle's a Volkswagen. I have a, one of my cars is a Fiat. Okay, it's a Fiat. It looked, but it's a Gucci Fiat. Okay. Uh, my, my daughter thinks, the, my, my granddaughter thinks, she said, she thinks that's the most expensive car I got because it says Gucci. Okay, truth of the matter, right now that car is worth about $4,000, but I love that car. Okay. And uh, so one time we were, uh, Back when I had Hornets tickets, I picked, I picked up Tyler to go to the Hornets game with me, but I was driving my Fiat. And he said, we riding in this? I said, yes, get in the car. It actually has more room than it looks like, right? Yeah, it don't have room in the back, but it got room in the front. Okay, it has, it has more room than it looks like. And so we, we, we were like in Rock Hill going to Charlotte, and his other Fiat passed us. Same size. And he looks at this car and says, is that what we look like? I said, no, we look better than that because that's a pain Fiat. Mine is a Gucci Fiat. Okay. Pursuit is the act or action of going after something. If we really desire something, we pursue it. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey shows us things that can keep us from pursuing God like we should be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for proof of desire. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.